Welcome to episode eight of the Impro Pod podcast. Today I'm interviewing Dylan Allen. So tell me about your relationship to improvisation. I played with a band up in Bristol for a bit and we composed some of our own stuff. It was mostly quite simple four or five chord stuff with a bit of colour added. I don't have a great deal of experience improvising jazz on an advanced kind of level. Because you, you play piano yourself. I do, yeah, but I'm more classically trained than jazz trained. started taking it seriously when I was about 21, so for about six years now. But I did study music at university. I, I do have a bit of a musical background. Okay, so I'm going to play a piece of music, and I want you to tell me what that makes you think of, anything that comes into your mind. Yeah, love to. All right. I don't know what I'm doing. This is completely made up. On the spot improv, yeah, yeah. Well, it was very um, dramatic and majestic. It kind of reminded me maybe of an evil king being overthrown from his throne, the way it was walking down the descending chords as you were going down in the intro. made me think of an evil king where his time was coming to an end. And then I guess the kind of jazzy, beautiful bit at the end was kind of melancholic, and it made me think of a compassionate queen coming and taking over the monarchy, but also somewhat mourning the loss of her husband, because he did have his good sides, even if he was ultimately evil. (laughs) Great. Where did you get this sense of royalty from? I think it was definitely the wide opening majestic chords at the beginning. They just reminded me of royalty, So you've got a minor third and then the octave kind of thing. Yeah, which is quite a triumphant shape, I guess. Yeah, triumphant is a good word to describe it, yeah. Are you up for telling me a story of some sort? I'll play a soundtrack to the story. Yeah. I guess, um, well, my grandma died a couple of months ago, and I remember getting a phone call, my mum saying she'd had a heart attack, and I went over to pick up my uncle, and in the car over, he drank a load of alcohol and was getting really emotional in the car ride over. I knew she'd had a heart attack, but I didn't actually realise she'd died. We found out in the car... My dad rung my uncle and said that the paramedics weren't able to bring her back and she had gone. So I guess it was um, quite a shock to the system. I think when you're our age and young, you take your life for granted to some degree, but as you get older, the fact you're mortal becomes a lot more conscious on your mind. Mm. Um, I need to break down the story into different sections. You've got this moment of realisation. Have you said you're in, in the car? Yeah. And then I guess when we arrive at the house, there's a sense of 
It's just a mixture of emotions when you get to the house. Obviously sadness, but also confusion and also organisation, whilst also trying to look after my granddad, who I think it was probably worse for than anyone because it's his, his wife of 60 years or whatever. And then the car ride back. God, I just remember it being quiet and sad and daunting, really. Hmm. Okay, All right. quite tricky in some ways because I don't I have an idea of how you experience that but I don't I felt as if you captured that really well actually I could hear almost the different phases of the evening planning out I think you did really well in terms of structuring the events and I could pinpoint what point in the evening you were going for based on the musical idea you you played so I think it actually worked really well so it's kind of going for sort of calmness just having a dinner and then that phone call did you get the idea of the phone call I did yeah yeah and then I got the sense of dread. And I was sort of imagining a phone at the end of the corridor and it, it rings for way too long. And then like an old-fashioned phone, obviously, if yeah. it wasn't. And then there's the car ride. And then this kind of sense of sadness and confusion and you're not sure what's going on. And yeah. I tried to incorporate that sense of space when someone's gone. It's like a, a release, the sense of something that was more positive. She's gone, but that's what happens. Yeah, particularly when it's a grandparent, you do have to be philosophical about it to, to some extent. I think you did. You captured the, the um, different events of the evening well with, with each of those musical themes. Yeah, I think you did it justice. Right. So do you have a, a lighter story maybe you can tell? Something that happened to you that was supposed to be a bit ridiculous or a contrast in terms of tone? I went over to my friend's house on Sunday over in Harbourton. There were two of us that went over to see my friend and um, we ended up getting quite drunk and uh, going down to a pub called The Church House. 
I was playing the piano in there actually and uh, I was talking to these two people and it was all going very well. And we were talking about old pianos actually. We were talking about old Steinways, 19th century Steinways and uh, I said, oh yeah, when you get an old piano like that, they're so beautiful to look at. It's almost like piano porn. And this old man dropped his jaw and just looked absolutely mortified that I'd just said the word porn. He was obviously really not very impressed by it, and shortly afterwards we saw him leaving the pub looking a bit mortified. I remember thinking to myself, get over yourself a bit. Like, in the context, all I said was it's like piano porn. I I didn't do anything uh, coarse or grotesque, but I think maybe he was quite posh or very middle class and perhaps... Maybe he could have been a born-again Christian or some religion where they're really not comfortable with that kind of world. But, I mean, me and my friends ended up having a little bit of a laugh about it because uh, it was a bit ridiculous. That sounds about my Sunday right about there. Oh, great. Can definitely exactly pinpoint when porn comes in as well. (laughs) Can you play that chord again? No, I can't remember it. That's that's the thing about doing this. I can't really remember what I've done. Yeah. Kind of got an idea, that clashy... Yeah. Oh, dear. (laughs) (laughs) The rhythm of it is kind of insult to the majestic idea of what a piano is. It's an amazing instrument to perform incredible music you know <laughs> by the great composers yeah. <laughs> yeah you've just insulted my entire existence here and <laughs> i think it's an identity thing you get a lot of music with identity um if you look at kids at school you have the kids that are into metal and rock and the ones which are into dance music and i think the same is true for classical music you get a certain kind of, I guess, civilised person that uh, wouldn't want that association with their wonderful piano. I tried to get a sense of drunkenness. Do you think that came across? Yeah, I I do. 
in the earlier stages, I could definitely hear it with um, the way you were going up and down the notes with the right hand. There was an element of swayingness to it, yeah. You know, kind of like... Yeah. And you're a bit pissed and you're quite sure. Yeah, it has a slight stumbly sound to yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You captured the stumbliness of it brilliantly, yeah. Would you be interested in having a go at improvising drunkenness? I could give it a go, yeah. All right, so do you want to swap been a long time since I've done any kind of improvisation. I guess one idea that could work is a... I thought it was a bit relaxing to start with, that it didn't reflect personally to me, but the, the last bit you did, getting this sense of uh, not wish what was going on and that chromaticism, this sense of confusion. Yeah. You just, basically, you've got to break it down as in to, to you what drunkenness is. To me, it's kind of a clumsiness to it, which could be reflected in the rhythm, say, or there's a, a sense of not knowing what's happening, which could be reflected in like, the way the melody works or something. Yeah, I guess it does also have a side of conversations running hot, everyone's loving the chit-chat. It has a happy side to it as well, doesn't it? It's not all falling down the stairs. I guess alcohol does affect people differently, so if you ask musicians to improvise what it means to them, you would get a different thing from each one because they would just be working on their own experience. Maybe if you were a Larry drunk, you could express it through playing really loudly. So how would you do a Larry drunk then? got devilish qualities for that yeah yeah larry angry mm. evil kind of drunk yeah i'm sure we've all met one or two yeah yeah i wonder if it would have worked better if i'd have actually gone down with it instead of up yeah okay yeah. it's like descending into the depths of the depths of rage yeah (laughs) how did you feel when you were doing that do you think that would be something you could do yeah i could see myself getting into um improv i think i just need to do a bit of research and decide on the best way to to go about learning it would you say it's better to learn it theoretically or do you think it's better to just play around and see what feels good or perhaps a bit of both i just spent a lot of time messing about all i'm doing is thinking about an emotion or something or the nature of something. 
So like that glass of water, if you were to describe it, obviously it's transparent. There's an interesting thing with the light coming through. Water is quite neutral in taste, yeah. you know. So something transparent conducts light. I don't know, it might be... I'm just immediately thinking of fourths for some reason. Water has a flow to it. Yeah. So... So you apply the theoretical stuff to what it is you're thinking of in your head a bit. Yeah. That might be completely different for you, though. Did that sum up a glass of water in terms of... Yeah, that sounded like a glass of water and a stream a bit even as well. Yeah, so I think you even captured more than a glass of water. Yeah. Um, because Phil Phil to disagree. <laughs> That's just bullshit. No, no, I think it did. I think the fourths worked quite well. The arpeggiating to capture the sense yeah. of flowing of water, you know. But say if it was concrete and... You don't, obviously when it's wet, concrete flows a little bit, but like solid block of concrete, I'm getting more of a fifth vibe. Yeah, I see what you mean. If you wanted to do it, maybe just start with just concepts of, or objects or something. Yeah. And then you just sort of break it down into what characteristics they have and then without thinking about it too much, you just experiment on the piano. If you've got a sense of musical intuition, which you have, then you just probably will come up with something. From the musicians, I've noticed a lot that improvise. Uh, when we were playing in a band, there was a guitarist who improvised. He was a good improviser, but you could tell it was his improvisation because he picked his own thing and then did it in different keys. It was um, similar kind of patterns on each track, not exactly the same, but I guess you do build up patterns and rhythmic patterns and notation patterns as well, which you can apply to more than one scenario. It's not like because it's improv, it has to be 100% different each time. In fact, you probably want to look for some patterns in what you're doing. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I do look for patterns. And repetition is important because you also don't want to feel lost and also repetition, sometimes it helps reinforce the idea. Would you back for telling me another story? Yes. Yeah, that sounds good. Let me just think of one. So I remember going on holiday to Morocco, and we were on the beach. And in Morocco, they have loads of stray dogs. And we got surrounded by this pack of aggressive dogs that were all growling at us. There was about five or six of them. And we ended up lobbing a bit of food in another direction and trying to run away from them. And then once we got off the beach, they didn't bother following us into the town. But they seemed almost more like wolves, even though they were just domestic dogs, which had presumably been abandoned or whatever. What kind of emotion did you experience when you saw those dogs? I wasn't in fear of my life there dogs. I didn't think I was going to be at risk of dying. There was something slightly intimidating mm. about a group of dogs growling at you and eyeing you down. So I guess quite a sense of horror. Do you remember what the weather was like? It was quite hot. Yeah, it was a nice day.
Yeah, that was really good. I thought you captured the different phases of that really well. And you could really hear when the dogs arrived as well. Did you get the sense of the sea side? I didn't really pick up on that too much. I got the impression we were on the beach, but not so much waves or anything specifically associated. Let me wrap it up there. Okay, yeah, great. Thanks for being on the podcast. What do you think you got out of it? I guess I learned a lot about improvisation, which is definitely something I'd like to explore more in the future. It was uh, very insightful as to how you compose these pieces, which was really interesting. It also made me think a lot about music and memory. When you play a piece of music, it can be a good way to express yourself, to think of a memory or something. It uh, can sometimes be more effective than focusing solely on your technique. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Yeah, thanks Thanks for being on the podcast. Join us next week for another episode of Pod. Thanks for listening.